All right, ladies and gentlemen, you were locked on Falcons. And today I am joined by Brian Peacock, the co-host of the Peacock and Williamson podcast, as well as the Locked On 49ers podcast to talk about his expectations and his insights into this 2021 Atlanta Falcons team heading into week one. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalcFans.com. RIP, still going strong, however, on Twitter at FalcFans. And, of course, the host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Falcons will feature my conversation with Brian Peacock, one half of the Peacock and Williamson podcast, which covers all 32 teams here on the Locked On Podcast Network and one half of the Locked On 49ers podcast, where he's joined by Eric Crocker to cover one specific team. And we'll ask Brian to get his thoughts on the strengths and weaknesses of this Falcons team, getting sort of an outside perspective on that. We'll talk about some of his concerns and question marks surrounding the interior of the Falcons offensive line, which is a concern that all of us have had for several weeks, if not months now, as well as get Brian's thoughts on what is the ceiling? What is the floor for this year's 2021 Falcons team? But before we get into that, guys, um, I do want to let you guys know that the NFL season is about to begin. And of course, nobody covers it quite like the locked on podcast network. Starting last week on August 30th and running through this week all the way up to September 8th, check out the Locked On Ultimate Season Preview, and you can find it on its own feed by searching Ultimate Season Preview 2021 on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So before we get into the conversation with Brian Peacock, I'll give you guys an update on the latest roster news uh, surrounding the Falcons finalizing their practice squad on Friday by signing wide receiver Keelan Doss, as well as outside linebacker James Vauders. And those guys will be, be replacing running back Deontay Foreman and center Joe Skullthorpe. And we talked about after the team released running back Quadriolison on Thursday, whether or not he might be potentially resigned to the practice squad. And basically we already got our answer that the answer is no. Uh, and we talked about the idea of whether or not the Falcons would feel compelled to carry three running backs on their practice squad. And that seemed unlikely at the time. And it even seems less likely now because the Falcons decided, wait, two was too many and they cut Deontay Foreman and that just leaves Caleb Huntley as the lone running back on the practice squad. Skullthorpe is noteworthy as another release just simply because we didn't get the initial reports by the Falcons that he was one of their uh, initial signings and the initial reports were saying that only 15 of the 16 slots were filled. But if you look at the official transactions wire, uh, it's actually 16 of those spots being filled. Skullthorpe was lucky number 16 or really unlucky number 16 now that he's got the ax uh, to make room for Dawson Vauders. Now, looking at Keelan Dawes, he was an undrafted free agent wide receiver out of UC Davis with the Raiders back in 2019. Apparently, he was a star of Hard Knocks that summer. I didn't really watch it uh, that summer, um, but was very productive in that particular preseason. Then went on to basically make the Raiders roster in 2019, thanks in part to their decision to release Antonio Brown. Yeah, you know, 
you remember that being a whole thing. And so he was essentially the guy that replaced Antonio Brown that season on their roster. And he finished that year with 11 catches, 433 yards as a rookie. Then he spent this past year in 2020 on their practice squad primarily, and then was part of their final cuts this past summer. Doss has good size listed around six two two eleven. Isn't necessarily a burner with a sort of speed in the mid four fives uh, from his 40 yard dash uh, a couple of years ago, but seems like a, a guy that's a decent route runner, a guy that can win in contested catch situations watching some of the highlights, at least that was my sort of initial analysis uh, of highlight watching um, and seeing some of the things that he also did back in the senior bowl uh, back in 2019. Now, as for Vauders, he was also an undrafted free agent, but back in 2015 out of Stanford, he bounced around the NFL and the CFL for a couple of years thereafter, bouncing on various practice squad, really didn't get a first real chance to stick in the league until 2019, had a really strong summer that summer with the bears, uh, but was mostly on and off the practice squad throughout that 2019 season. But 2020 really was his sort of breakout year. If you could call it that, where he was able to stick on the bears roster for the entirety of the season, finish the year with one and a half sacks obviously playing these last two years in Chicago he played under Falcons outside linebackers coach Ted Monacino uh, which is another example of another player that the Falcons have brought in that this coaching staff is, is pretty familiar with so you know our analysis our official stamp of approval is you know in Dosh you're getting sort of a young developmental wide receivers only 25 years old Vaughters you're getting a little bit of an older player a little bit more established player but has some familiarity with the scheme Vaughters is age 28 has some NFL production so in the event that the Falcons do wind up elevating one of the three edges that they're carrying on the practice squad, one would imagine Vodders is probably the most ready to perform just because of, of that familiarity and at least a little bit more experience in guys like George Obina and Quentin Bell. So I'd imagine at this point in time, the Falcons are probably done making roster movies for roster moves for the time being. Um, but we'll see if they continue to shuffle things this week. You know, there was a report last week that the expectation was that Kendall Sheffield, the cornerback, would go on short-term IR. Uh, that hasn't come to fruition, at least as of Sunday. Maybe it still happens later this week. But if it doesn't, it, it at least hints that the Falcons feel at least semi-confident that Sheffield's return to the lineup. He's been out of the lineup since, you know, the second week of August, I think it was. Um, August 9th, I believe. His return to the lineup will be one that will occur in short, you know, in a week or two, I, I guess. That would be my takeaway, gleaning from that, if the Falcons do not decide to put him on, on the injured reserve. Because if they do put him on the injured reserve, that means that he's going to have to miss at least a minimum of three weeks. So uh, one would assume that you wouldn't do that because you don't think you need those three weeks. So we'll see how that plays out for, for Kendall Sheffield, who has, you know, not been a regular participant in training camp due to a undisclosed injury. Um, but uh, we'll see what other roster moves the Falcons make. Again, my expectation is none uh, this week and they can just sort of focus on this upcoming game. And with that being said, we'll focus on Brian Peacock, one half of the Peacock and Williamson podcast and the Lockdown 49ers podcast, joining us today to see what his insights are to this Falcon team and, and really pointing out what are a major strength of this team and, and maybe something that could potentially holding this team back from reaching their potential this upcoming season. We'll get into all of that on today's Locked On Falcons. But before we get there, guys, I do want to let you guys know that, you know, college football did kick off in earnest this past weekend. I know there were some previous games prior to that, but 
you know, this past weekend was the big weekend. And of course, if you want to find a daily podcast devoted to your favorite college team or your favorite college conference, you can find one on the Lockdown Podcast Network, whether you're a Bulldogs fan or a Buckeyes fan or Pac-12 fan, you can find them all by searching on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So football season is back and let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, and office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including survivor, pick them, confidence pools, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for the NFL and college football with one week games, full season playoffs, and or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can join the free Locked On Falcons pick them by going to the Locked On Falcons Twitter page and clicking the link in the pinned tweet right now. And if you're interested in starting your own pool, you can check them out today day and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout anywhere, everywhere in the world. Run your pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts September 9th. Start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on and you'll have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. So it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football with teams back on the gridiron to start the season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now only at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at BetOnline.ag, and you'll receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means if you make a bet Thursday, September 9th, for the season opener between the Bucks and Cowboys, and even if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everyone, you are locked on Falcons, and I am joined by another illustrious guest. You may know him as one half of the Peacock and Williamson podcast, where he joins former NFL scout, Matt Williamson every day to talk about all 32 NFL teams, but you also know him as one half of the podcast talking about one specific team. That's the locked on 49ers podcast with his co-host Eric Crocker. Of course, I am talking with NFL analyst 49ers expert, Brian Peacock. It's happening, man. It's good to talk to you. It's been a little bit. I'm excited about this upcoming season. There's so many good storylines and I think the Atlanta Falcons are one of those with the new head coach and Arthur Smith. And if he can get this ship Right it. And I, and I just think right off the bat, the, the big thing that jumps out to me with the Falcons is they had an opportunity to blow it up and they didn't. And was that the right move? I think that's sort of my overall arching idea when I think of the Falcons. Like, there's quarterbacks in this draft. You know, uh, Matt Ryan's not getting any younger, but the optimism of him turning it around and winning with, you know, a somewhat veteran group is, is intriguing. So I'm fascinated to see how that turns out. 
Brian, you know, the, a lot of my listeners are tired of relitigating that draft, but I, I keep telling <laughs> them, like, this is not going to go away just because you yeah. decide to say, hey, I don't I don't care about whether the Falcons passed on the quarterback or took Kyle Pitts anymore. It's like, well, other people care about it. So, you know, it's going to be something that we're going to have to continue to hear. And, and you're right. You know, winning cures all ails. No one complains about a team's decision making when they're winning. No one. Um, but w- when they're losing, then all of a sudden you start to second guess things. So uh, to talk about this year's Falcons team, sort of part of this series as we are basically, you know, in heading into week one, just a a couple of days away where football will be kicking off. I want to get your thoughts on what your expectations are for this Falcon team looking from afar. Obviously, we'll get an opportunity to sort of see them up close and personal later this season in week 15 when the Falcons travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. But You know, what are some of the things that when you're looking at this 2021 Falcons team that's going to make you say, you know, these are the things that jump out and are going to be a a tough team for other teams to beat, including your 49ers? Yeah, and Aaron, I totally get what that's like with your listeners, too. And they're so zoomed in, and I deal with that every day with Locked On 49ers. Uh, And and sometimes it does help to zoom out and take that approach of the, you know, the faraway look because you get too into it and you get so excited about that fifth round player out of Alcorn state. You're like, this guy's going to be great. I love this guy. And you know, two years later, you're like, Oh yeah. Hey, you remember that one guy? And you barely remember his name. You know, you, you just get so into the nuance and you think everyone's great. Sometimes you got to zoom out and say, okay, how's this actually stack up against the rest of the league? How does this look? And, and it's so fun. And um, it's, it's not that fans are bad at zooming out and understanding where their team are. It's just that everybody is so wrong about the NFL. And so it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you're more right because you know more. It's just you you look at a team differently. You know, you know the interior. You know what the, the leather seats are like versus um, maybe a scratch on the outside from behind that you don't see on a car, you know, when you're, when you, when you're falling behind somebody on the freeway. So uh, it, it's so fun to, to look at things from a different light. And I know that the draft is such an insane time for fans, too. And I know for the 49ers it was insane covering what the Niners were going to do at pick number three after making that trade up to get one spot in front of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it, it's so fun. And then – once that's over, it's so exhausting. You're, oh, I don't want to talk about the draft anymore. But for the 49ers, whether it's, you know, uh, Trey Lance versus Justin Fields versus Mac Jones, or for the Falcons, whether it's Kyle Pitts versus, you know, uh, uh, Mac Jones or Justin Fields, one of the quarterbacks that could have been there, it's never going to end. It's never going to end. But the good thing, I think, for the Falcons is that you got a good player in Kyle Pitts who's so darn exciting, and you already have a good quarterback. So. It's going to be so fun to watch Kyle Pitts, and I am so excited to watch Kyle Pitts, and it was so frustrating not seeing him out there in the first two preseason games. And then you see him out there finally wearing that number eight, and he's all tall and thin. And he's like, is that Kevin Garnett? What is going on here? This looks weird with the single digits and this tight end. He just looks so much different than I'm used to, especially with the, the single-digit number. I'm super excited. And you could have made a different pick, but I think Falcons fans should be excited. That I don't think they made a bad pick because Kyle Pitts is a freak of nature, and I can't wait to see how he uh, works in with that offense with with Matt Ryan. But um, sorry to answer your question about what teams are going to be afraid of, and I think I think that's it. Matchup problems. Calvin Ridley doesn't get. It's kind of been in the shadow of Julio Jones, and I don't think he gets the credit for how good he is on his own. And I think Calvin Ridley with Matt Ryan maybe a two tight end approach there, the mismatch that Kyle Pitts could be. And it does take some time for tight ends. So we'll see how long that takes for him to become the dude that I think everyone expects Kyle Pitts to be. Uh, I think they can still be a problem. I think they can put up 
numbers on offense. I think they'll be a, an offense that teams have to contend with. I think they will be able to score with anybody, and it really comes down to Arthur Smith and was the, the upgrade, and I think it was an upgrade in an overall coaching staff. And we've seen what uh, Arthur Smith did with the, I mean, if you're looking at, depending on what you're looking at, PFF grades or just you know, yards or just the eyeball test or DVOA from football outsiders, the, the Tennessee Titans offense was among the best in the league, a top five offense in the league. So bringing that mind over, that offensive coach over, uh, basically since Kyle Shanahan left town for the Falcons, I think it's going to potentially be the best offense we've seen there in a little while. And I kind of like the way the, the offensive line is, is coming together as well for the Falcons. So I think they're going to be a problem on offense. And I think every team is going to have to do well on the offensive side against the Falcons to keep up with what the Falcons could potentially do on paper on the offensive side of the ball. So you talk about the Falcons offense and, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the defense, but, you know, broadly speaking, sort of where are some areas of concern for you when you look at this Falcons team that you say in terms of, you know, other teams being afraid of them, what is that one thing that you say, okay, well, other teams may not be as afraid of this. This is something that they might be able to exploit. Is that the defense or that is that other areas of this roster? Well, there's a couple of things. And as much as I like the passing game, potentially on offense, the run game, the 49ers drafted Mike Davis and I've seen him. He's bounced around a little bit. And you don't just plug in Mike Davis and say, hey, guess what, Mike Davis, congratulations. You get to play Derrick Henry. You know, you, you, Derrick Henry's a cyborg. He's a different guy. So I, I think the run game is the one thing that scares me for the Falcons because if you come become one-dimensional, then maybe um, that offense can't play up as much as you were able to with play-action passing, the things that you're able to do for a Tennessee Titans offense when you're Arthur Smith coordinating that side of the ball versus uh, what the Falcons will be able to do. And I like Mike Davis and, you know, he, he can pass protect and he can catch the ball a little bit. And he's, you know, a rocked up dude and, and can get some tough yards for you. He's just not somebody that's going to make any kind of a difference. And then the depth behind him worries me as well. And we know that running backs are always one play away from being out of the game. So I'm not sure how that running game is going to come together for the Falcons. And so if they do become one dimensional, that could be tough. And teams are going to be able to come after them if their defense can't stop anybody. And to me, it's the pass rush. And it's been so many years with the pass rush with the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm looking at this roster still, and obviously Grady Jarrett's been a dude for a long time, but where's the pressure going to come from on uh, on the defensive side of the ball? Is it all going to come from the interior? Is there anybody that's going to be able to win on the edge? And uh, that frightens me because I don't think they're strong enough in the back seven to overcome a defensive line that can't consistently get to the quarterback. And I think the league is more and more going toward build your monster defensive line over build a monster secondary. And I think we're going to start to see teams that, that can't create pressure up front with four guys. And you don't have to always be four guys. You know, you can scheme around it. And, um, you know, Dean Pease, I'm sure, has some things up his sleeve to be able to get some pressure if his front four can't get there consistently. But that's really what worries me about the Falcons. And in a way, you worry that, Look, it's not like Calvin Ridley or Julio Jones or Matt Ryan has ever been the problem for the Falcons before, you know? So it's almost like situation normal in Atlanta if uh, if the defense can't hold up its end of the bargain, you can't get after opposing teams' quarterbacks. Yeah, a lot of sort of wondering what has been upended in terms of the status quo, and I think you raised some great points, uh, whether or not, you know, Arthur Smith can sort of be kind of what Kyle Shanahan was 
uh, for this team a couple of years ago, and we'll see what Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator, can do for the defense if, if that really sort of moves the needle for either side of the ball uh, in in terms of you know given not a whole lot in terms of changes to their personnel uh, in that regard. But we have more insights from Brian on today's Lockdown Falcons, talking about some potential breakout players and some lingering question marks, as well as what this Falcons team's floor and ceilings are this upcoming year. But before we get into that, guys, I want to, you know, plug the NBA side of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Everybody's football crazy, but don't forget about the NBA side of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where you can find a daily podcast devoted to your favorite NBA team, including the Atlanta Hawks. Check out the Lockdown Hawks podcast hosted by Brad Roland or your favorite team's podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all your entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Did you know that Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market, has many delicious flavors? Whether you're a fan of coconut almond like me or you prefer mint brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, coconut, raspberry, orange or strawberry. There's something for everyone. And there's also the occasional limited time flavor, too. You can try them all with a mixed box and you'll want to in order to get that healthy snack that tastes just like a candy bar that has none of the guilt. Bilt Bars contain 100 percent real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. My personal favorite, the coconut almond, tastes just like an almond joy. And it's not just about their great taste. They're healthy, too. They're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. Again, you're getting that healthy snack that tastes just like a candy bar with none of the guilt. And you can do so by heading over to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. You know, Kyle Pitts, you mentioned earlier. Uh, it seems like he's the low hanging fruit for this next question. If I'm asking you about a potential breakout player that could be in store for a big year this year, is there a, a player that you have your eyes on for this Falcon team that you feel very confident could have sort of their breakout season? Or is there a player that you're saying, I, I'm not so sure about this guy. And a, one of the big question marks I have for this upcoming season is can this guy, you know, do the thing, whatever he's supposed to wind up doing. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the fourth round rookie instead of the first round rookie in Drew Dahlman. And now, look, the, the center doesn't put points up on the board themselves unless you got something really weird going on up your sleeves or you're jumping on fumbles or anything. But I really liked Drew Dahlman coming out of Stanford. Uh, I, I like the athletic center there. Um, I don't know exactly how things are going to line up there with Hennessy and Dahlman. It was weird seeing him go uh, to some mid-round uh, centers back-to-back -back years, and I loved Hennessy and I loved Dolan both years coming out for the very same reasons. So uh, if they're playing next to each other and with Lidstrom there on the other side at guard, um, but I, I kind of like the young athleticism they have there on the offensive line, and we'll see how that brews. But I feel like there's more work to be done depth-wise on the offensive line. Like, do they even have enough bodies right now? Have they done anything in the last couple of days? Because if I remember correctly, they only had six or seven offensive linemen in total 
on the roster. And and that means all of them are going to be dressing. So um, I'm not sure what's going on there. Maybe you could help me out with that one. If there's still some offensive linemen that are to be added to that roster depth wise, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with how the starters, I don't think they can play bully ball necessarily with Mike Davis, but I think they're athletic to get out and, um, and create with some outside zone stuff. If they want to do that, I think they'll be able to pass protect. And so that's, key so i think my dark horse player on the falcons roster that nobody's really talked about is drew dalman i like him to be able to just solidify some things in the middle and be a smart solid center for a while for the uh for the atlanta falcons whenever his time does come yeah they they wound up picking up kobe gossett from the browns uh, one of their backups um and he's i you know i don't know if he's going to start but he's going to add some depth for them their third round pick Jalen mayfield looks like he's going to start the season at that left guard position uh, after the injury to Josh Andrews. And so I think that interior offensive line is a big question mark because you, you talk about Drew Dahlman. The expectation was that he was going to really push Matt Hennessy this summer. And it seemed like Matt Hennessy kind of came into camp and won the job outright. And, you know, we didn't really get a chance to see Matt Hennessy at all this preseason. Uh, as you uh, mentioned before, we didn't get to see many Falcon starters this preseason. <laughs> um, and so, like, don't I don't know if Matt Hennessy yeah, like, made the jump that we need him to make. And the Falcons face some pretty good D tackles uh, to start the season in Philadelphia. Right. So, and it's yeah, amazing yeah. because with Alex, and uh, that's a big loss in the middle, right? Alex Mack. I mean, Alex Mack was a stalwart. Uh, there for, um, for the Falcons for a long time in the middle. And those are tough shoes to fill. And you thought, oh, it's perfect. Matt Hennessy fills that center gap perfectly. And then they drafted Drew Dahlman's like, oh, they must not like Hennessy. So Dahlman's going to be the guy. Maybe Hennessy moves over. Uh, and then you find out, yeah, it's not that easy for a rookie to come in and win a job. So maybe that was going on with Hennessy last year, no preseason. Maybe that's going on with Dahlman this year. So um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I like some names on paper and you meant, I, I didn't mention it all Jalen Mayfield there, the third round pick as well. It has some guard and uh, tackle versatility. So I, names some young talent how does it all come together is a big question and, and that's why the run game scares me a little bit because i don't think they're going to necessarily be able to play bully ball but i think there's enough talent there that uh you know you give matt ryan 2.8 seconds and i think they'll be okay on offense no 2.8 is better than 2.7 right yes uh, <laughs> maybe 2.85 get up there to 2.9 yeah uh so uh brian uh, the last question i have for you is sort of if you're looking at a possible win-loss record for this falcons team uh, where do you sort of see this 2021 Falcons team floor is and where do you sort of see their ceiling is? I think the floor is exactly where it was last year. Uh, you know, obviously they decided not to blow things up and, and keep some sort of status quo. And even with a big year from Kyle Pitts, does he replace Julio Jones? You know, uh, Julio obviously only played what nine games last year. And so you would expect Kyle Pitts with his talent to be able to come in and and do some things for your offense, but that, that's a big ask for a rookie tight end to come in and replace, you know, a Hall of Fame type of a player, even if it's only for half the games that he played during the year. Um, so you can, I can really see how this is a bottom five team again that's drafting in the top five, and then it comes back to the chicken or the egg thing with the quarterback debate, and it's like, well, that last year was a good year to draft quarterbacks. If you're bottom five again. And you're drafting top five, you might not have that opportunity at pick four or pick five or pick seven or something like that to get a quarterback like you could last year. And did you miss your shot? So I think that's always going to be in the back of the minds of Falcons fans, even if they don't want to talk about that kind of stuff anymore. But before last year, before it kind of really all part, we've seen this team go from, you know, the Super Bowl and and really hang in the middle and have some big wins and then some big losses. Uh, I, I think probably the ceiling for this team is is a wild card berth. 
and you would hope that the division wouldn't be out of the question, but I just think that the top of the division is too strong. And maybe they could overtake the Saints this year because the Saints are going through their own stuff right now, maybe a little transition there, but Tampa is just too good in that division. So I, I think winning the division should be a goal, but it's probably a little bit unreachable right now for this team as it's currently constructed. So, um, yeah, I would say anywhere from on the low end, a, a top five draft pick, and uh, there's a couple. So here's the other thing: is there's a couple of teams that are really bad, and so you're not getting that one or two pick. I don't think, <laughs> even if you know, even if you try to tank and go for that quarterback, you can't get one dot one. I don't think this year the Falcons are too good for that, and there's too many playmakers and and too many points to be scored by that team. But um, you know, I think this team could fight and and be. You can't overstate how important the coaching staff is. You know what I mean? And what was really holding back this team? Is there, is there so much more to be gained just by a change in philosophy and a change in coaching staff? And can that tide sort of rise all ships on this team? And so I think that's probably what, what Falcons fans are hoping for is that, yeah, like we just need new direction here. And it's not really all about the roster. It's about everything else that goes along with the roster and putting some pieces together and putting some players in uh, better positions to perform and to make an impact on this football team. So um, in that regard, I think the Falcons should absolutely not be discounted. And I think there's a good chance that they could be above 500 and fighting for one of those wildcard spots in the NFC. Brian, I appreciate you joining me on today's episode, talking some Falcons. Look forward to our future conversations. We'll see sort of what questions get answered from this Falcons team. I'm sure the 49ers, you know, they have 99 problems, but, uh, you know, picking in the top five is probably not going to be one of them. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I Actually, Aaron, before you go, because I have some questions for you about this team, especially when it comes to Kyle Pitts and in our Dynasty League. I drafted Kyle Pitts in the first round of our rookie draft, so I'm hoping he's split out wide and, and used in all kinds of exotic ways. And you do have Hayden Hurst there, who can be your wide tight end. Are we, we going to be seeing two tight ends all day? And I know we we got to see one all of one target of Kyle Pitts in preseason games, and he looked as athletic as you would want him to be on that 21 yard gain or whatever it was, uh, even slipping down, and he still ran past everybody. But what kind of nuggets have you gotten in in practices and reports for beat writers and people around the team is there like a certain way he's going to be used that can uh you know especially around the 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 red zone area and maybe in goal line like i'm, I'm like kind of secretly hoping for like double digit touchdowns for him even as a rookie I, I can tell by your face that you're you're very excited to see what how <laughs> how kyle pitts can enhance your, enhance your fantasy team uh this upcoming season uh you know of course, because we only got to see him place two snaps in the preseason, we couldn't necessarily confirm our expectations. So it's kind of a little open-ended in terms of what Kyle Pitts is going to be utilized. But uh, the the early buzz is that he is going to be moved all around the formation. You're going to see him going in motion a lot uh, to sort of you know help dictate what the coverages are and try to get some those mismatches either as an H back or as a flex tight end or split out wide, all those various things. So I think your um, Optimism uh, is is well founded for the hope that he's going to be used in a variety of ways, uh, and you know we look back at the Arthur Smith offense from Tennessee, and like I think forty percent of their red zone targets were to the tight end, and so your the expectation is that guys like Hayden Hurst and and Kyle Pitts, and when you look at this Falcons receiver core, it's basically Calvin Ridley, 
the tight ends, and then you have some questions about the wide receivers. So if, you know, if they're going to funnel the ball to anybody in the red zone, it would make absolute sense, more sense here in Atlanta than it did in Tennessee uh, to, to funnel the ball to the tight end. So if it was 40% in Tennessee, it might be 80% in Atlanta. So I, I think you should, your, your, your hopes and dreams are, are well uh, regarded in terms of Kyle Pitts being a, a fantasy superstar, at least in the red zone, I think. I like that 80%. And when he's covered, he's still not covered. Right. That's the that's the genius of it all. Yeah, that's that's the dream. Living the dream. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And don't forget, the comp is not any other NFL tight end. It's Kevin Garnett. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to use that now. I'm going to use that. now. Right. I like it. You know, Julio was a mythical beast and, and uh, you know, Kyle Pitts is a Hall of Fame basketball player. I mean, it's nice. You know, whatever happens with the quarterbacks from the first round of the NFL draft keeping as many of those mythical beasts as you can on your roster. It's just fun to go back and be like, ah, I remember watching this guy. He was worth the price of admission every single week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so a decade of Julio, hopefully a decade or more of Kyle Pitts uh, tearing up teams uh, and giving me at least a small modicum of joy uh, watching this Falcon team, which has not been the case as much as I would like these last couple of years. But Brian, I really do appreciate you joining me and talking Falcons football with us. And uh, I look forward to having future conversations with you later this season as we see all of these various things unfold. Let the listeners know where they can find your stuff and what are some of the topics that you're going to be talking about on Peacock and Williamson as well as Locked on 49ers. Yeah, appreciate the invite, Aaron, and hope to be chatting with you sometime soon on Peacock and Williamson. We cover the NFL every day right here on the network. We had our predictions episode today, our power rankings yesterday. We're getting everything lined up for the season and really looking at uh, how this this season is going to come about in 2021. And then next week, we'll start previewing all of those week one football games. And uh, we love hearing from the listeners as well. So hit me up at BD Peacock on Twitter and get involved with some Twitter Tuesdays. And uh, we'll talk about the Atlanta Falcons and the rest of the 31 teams in the NFL daily on Peacock and Williamson. All right. All right, guys, there you have it. Brian Peacock of Peacock and Williamson and Lockdown 49ers. And tomorrow's episode will feature part two of my conversation with Jeff Schultz, continuing from last week where we talked with him about the Julio Jones trade uh, and then or the reasoning behind the Julio Jones trade. And this week we will be talking with Jeff about sort of the pressure on this coaching staff to have success and whether or not they'll live up to those that pressure and, and those expectations heading into this season. So we're continuing uh, our many conversations with many guests that we will have more later this week as well, in addition to Jeff and Brian uh, talking with us about their expectations for this Falcon team headed into the regular season. If you want to provide any feedback that uh, you want to give me on anything that we talked about on today's episode, anything we talked about on past episodes, anything you want me to talk about on future episodes, as well as, you know, ask questions for a possible Q and a at the end of this upcoming week, you can do so by hitting me up on Twitter at lockdown Falcons on Facebook at lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to lockdown Falcons at mail.com. And of course, guys check out the uh, run your pool, uh, the pick them contest. It's free uh, for the lockdown Falcons all year long. You, just, you know, pick games straight up this year and you can find the link in the locked on Falcons uh, Twitter feed. Just go to locked on Falcons on Twitter. It's the pin post at the top. You can join for free and uh, you know, you know, get bragging rights this upcoming season about how much better you're picking at games and you should be having a daily podcast uh, talking about the uh, Atlanta Falcons or the NFL uh, over someone like me. So uh, for those of you that, you know, been chomping at the bit to, to dunk on me, uh, you will have your opportunity to do so by dominating me in that pick'em contest. So go, go check that out. And uh, that's where we'll leave it, guys. Appreciate it.
Till then.